0: This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia dot Hi, I'm Terry Struck, host of Beauty Now. Today we're going to have esteemed doctor and plastic surgeon, Dr. Brent Mulliken. He's going to tell us about tummy tucks, all types of tummy tucks, and how you can find the right doctor for you.
1: the doctor doesn't do a good physical examination, if the doctor, you know, keeps calling you, hey, do you want to schedule your surgery? Do you want to schedule your surgery? You, you might want to think twice about doing surgery with that doctor.
0: So if you have this scar from hip to hip, can you still wear a bathing suit?
1: If you have a scar from hip to hip, you typically can wear a bathing suit. And many, you know, women even wear bikinis. Now, probably not the little teeny-weeny string bikinis. a little bit larger bikini because it is a long incision. Well, it's good
0: to know you can still wear a bikini, though, if you have that big of an incision. And it is a trade-off because you have the hanging skin and you'd rather have a scar, for sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's a a good trade-off for the right patient. But every person over 50 gets a stress test before having any anesthetic. A stress test is basically a test that a cardiologist does to see if there's hidden damage to the heart.
0: Welcome, Dr. Mulliken.
1: Well, it's great to be there.
0: Thank you so much, and this is your second time with us. We did another show with you, but today we saw your spread in People magazine with your beautiful wife, Dana Devon, and we want to talk about tummy tucks and, and what tummy tucks are for different people. Sure. So why don't you first start off, tell us about the mini tummy tuck.
1: Well, there is a whole range of tummy tucks. And they go from minimally invasive procedures that literally can be done under local anesthesia all the way up to full tummy tucks where people go typically to an aftercare. So why don't I just kind of go through them all the way from the very, very easy to the very, very hard.
0: That would be great for all different body types.
1: For all different body types and all different problems. Now probably the easiest one is if someone has had a C-section, and they have a little irregularity of the scar. You know, the GYN doctor is very concerned about getting the baby out quickly and isn't, you know, doesn't always have the time to do a plastic surgery closure on the wound.
0: Exactly. So sometimes
1: there's an irregularity in the C-section. So the plastic surgeon can actually remove that, you know, completely excite that and then sew it up again. And that would be sort of the very easiest tummy tuck that could be done, almost a scar revision on the tummy tuck.
0: And so you wouldn't... Touch the belly button with
1: that? No, that would be such a simple procedure that it, you, you wouldn't touch the belly button, and, and actually, it wouldn't even be necessary to go to sleep for a procedure like that. Most of those kind of procedures could be done under local anesthesia if the patient wanted. So that's
0: actually minimal skin then?
1: That would be just a minimal skin excision.
0: And, and that was what something. Um, similar that your wife did, exactly.
1: No, no, actually hers was a hybrid tummy tuck. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But
0: um, Because everybody looks at your wife and says how skinny and beautiful she is and they don't really think that she needs a tummy tuck, but I know my sister won't mind me saying this, but that's exactly what she needs because she had twins. So, and she's very thin herself.
1: Exactly. So a lot of women, you know, getting to that, a lot of women who have had children, of course, When when a, a child is in the womb, you know, the actual space that he takes up is enormous. It's not just the weight of the baby. It's the placenta. It's the fluid. So, you know, it's probably, you know, 15 to 18 pounds that are sitting in that abdomen behind what's called the fascia. And the fascia is really, a patient told me this the other day, it's the skin of the muscle. That's the way to think of it. It's the lining of the muscles, but it's kind of the skin of the muscle. And that's a layer nobody knows about. That's the layer that gets stretched out in pregnancy, in childbirth. And it's, it's very unusual for that layer to go back completely to the way it was. So Oppos- are you
0: saying that you can actually tighten the muscle?
1: Well, you don't really tighten the muscle. People talk about tightening the muscle, but actually it's not. Your readers are very, and your listeners are very sophisticated. So it's really like the skin of the muscle. The fascia is the lining of the muscle. It's not the muscle itself but it's the lining of the muscle. That's what gets stretched out. And that's what we tighten typically during what we would consider tummy tucks. And depending on where that area is loose, if it's loose above the belly button and below the belly button, then we usually wanna tighten all the way from the breastbone down to the pubic area. So all that, it's, it's sort of like an internal corset. If you think of it so, as an internal corset, like that's being laced up, that's what the plastic surgeon will do. He'll tighten that inner layer, and the waist will get narrower, and the bulge, especially in the lower abdomen, will get better. Because,
0: and you can do this through the C-section scar?
1: Well, now we can. There's a technique called the hybrid abdominoplasty or the hybrid tummy tuck, which we do basically through a C-section incision. And we do a full tightening all the way from the breastbone all the way down to the pubic area through a C-section incision. And that is what the hybrid tummy tuck is. And that's what uh, my wife had, you know, after her two children.
0: And what if you didn't have a C-section? Then do you just make a, a similar scar?
1: Yep. You make a very low incision, almost like a C-section incision. And you go, and you go through that incision and then you tighten all the way from the breastbone all the way down. So...
0: When you're going in, why don't you take us through a consultation?
1: Okay. The first thing that happens during a consultation is a patient comes in, we go through their medical history. What are your medical problems? What medicines are you on? What surgeries have you had? And this is something for patients to look at. You want to make sure that the doctor is asking you all those questions. You want to make sure the doctor is not just interested in performing surgery on you. You want to make sure that the doctor is actually doing a physical examination and a history to make sure that you're safe for the surgery.
0: And it's really important that people are honest.
1: Absolutely. People need to be honest about the medicines they're taking. They need to be honest about whether they smoke or they don't smoke. You know, many problems, even tragedies can be averted if patients just are honest about what they do. Almost everything is manageable. You can work through almost everything.
0: What about smokers? I've heard it's really dangerous if, you're, if you smoke and then you have surgery. Well, can you tell our listeners about that?
1: Yeah, there are two, two issues with smokers. Of course, we would never operate on someone who is actively smoking. That would just be very dangerous and it's very high complication rate for those patients. Now, if a smoker stops smoking, and typically we'd we'd have them stop smoking four weeks before the surgery and at least four weeks after the surgery, that patient still has a higher risk of having problems from their surgery, even if they're not smoking at the time they had their surgery.
0: And that's because why?
1: Smoking causes damage to blood vessels and damage to the blood supply. And when you make incisions and you do plastic surgery, you require a a really, really good blood supply to heal the incisions and to make the scars nice and to make the scars small. And people who have smoked, even if they're not smoking at the moment when they have surgery, they're at higher risk for complications.
0: What advice do you give smokers to quit? How can they do that? It's so addictive.
1: Smoking is very addictive. People have all sorts of different ways of, of stopping smoking. In my experience, the best way is just cold turkey. And I know that in my patient population, the patients who are motivated enough to stop smoking four weeks before surgery, and then they've had their surgery, and they know they better not smoke. Otherwise, the next morning they're going to look down and there's going to be a complication sitting right in front of them. Such so as they, what?
0: Take us through some complications. What have you seen?
1: Well, for example, a, a patient who smokes a cigarette after, let's say, a facelift or a tummy tuck, they would then look down the next day at their incision, and they would see a big black scab where the incision used to be, and that's from skin actually dying. Oh, that's it's, scary. It's terrible to smoke. And so, so patients know, they know, if, if I smoke a cigarette, the next morning I'm going to look down, there's going to be a huge piece of dead skin there.
0: So, again, so, it's so important to be honest. If you're smoking, quit, regardless if you're going to have surgery or not.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's important to quit smoking, but it's important to be honest. And there are some patients who aren't able to quit smoking, and that, that sort of patient should not have plastic surgery.
0: It's really good advice. And, but there are doctors out there who will definitely do surgery on smokers, and that's really scary as well.
1: You know, if, if you're consulting with a plastic surgeon and you even smell desperation, if the doctor doesn't do a good physical examination, if the doctor you know, keeps calling you, hey, do you want to schedule your surgery? Do you want to schedule your surgery? You, you might want to think twice about doing surgery with that doctor.
0: Really good advice. Really good advice. And, and and I had mentioned that Kanye West lost his mom, and we don't exactly know the reasons why. But I did find out that that doctor wasn't board certified, even though he's been on Oprah and he's been on several different shows. And and I just stress all the time to make sure to get credentials on your
1: doctor. There, there's one. I mean, there are a lot of things that you should do before you choose a plastic surgeon. And one of the basic, basic, basic things is make sure that they're board certified. Now, what does that mean? Because everyone has a board now. Everyone right. has a board. You can be the American Board of Fingernail Clipping. And then you can say, you know, I'm board certified by the American Board of Fingernail Clipping. Right. So if you want a plastic surgeon, there, you just Google it or Yahoo or whatever your search engine is, the American Board of Plastic Surgery. And And then then you'll see the website, which is, you know, abplsurge.org. But, you know, just Google it, and you'll get American Board of Plastic Surgery. And then you can actually check your doctor. Is your surgeon certified? There's a button on the website of the American Board of Plastic Surgery. And absolutely, you shouldn't get a Botox injection. You shouldn't get anything done before you make sure that your doctor is board certified it's a basic basic step in making in it, you can't you never can reduce risk to zero but you can certainly reduce the risk as low as possible by choosing people who are you know qualified to be doing this surgery
0: and and doctors that are on this board are governed by um other doctors that are plastic surgeons and they do the research they do the backgrounds they do everything
1: you know it it's it's not as a foolproof a certification as you might think but it's a great starting point to right. make sure that your doctor is board certified is step one. It's not the last step you take. It's the first step you take.
0: And then how can patients find out if there's other complaints against the doctor? Where do you go for that?
1: You can go to the medical board website of your state, and, and you can just Google the results, say, oh, well, the medical board of whatever state you're in, medical board of California, and then that site will come up, and then you can search your doctor. The medical board site doesn't tell you everything. It doesn't tell you if the doctor has had lawsuits unless they're over a certain amount. So the doctor could actually have had a number of lawsuits and it wouldn't show up on the medical board website. But it will show up if the doctor's on probation or if he's had some really bad problems or has, you know, letters of reprimand or something in his file. That will show up on the medical board website. So that's a great second place to stop. You know, How is your doctor doing? Is does he have all sorts of disciplinary actions against him? That would be not a good sign if you saw that.
0: No, and and we don't. Again, we don't know everything that happened. But and as you say, it can happen with anybody. But it is so good to do research, and I stress that on every show. We're going to have to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Doctor Brent Mulliken. Listen to Coaching the Life Coach, business and marketing strategies for growth of transformational practices with Jason McLean, your guide in the 21st Century Marketplace on personallifemedia.com. Hi, we're back with Dr. Brett Mulliken. This is Beauty Now. Thank you for talking with us today. We're talking tummy tucks. Welcome back, Dr. Mulliken.
1: Well, it's great to be back.
0: So let's get back to tummy tucks. Let's talk about liposuction and tummy tucks together.
1: Right. Now, we don't want to do too much liposuction at the same time as we do a tummy tuck because it can be dangerous for the patient. And if we do liposuction, a lot of liposuction in the abdomen at the same time as we do a full tummy tuck that can also be dangerous for the patient because we're damaging the skin that we're pulling down. Now, a full tummy tuck means you're actually taking out everything. You're taking out a huge piece of skin and fat that is between the pubic area and the belly button. So it's amazing how much skin and fat can come out. And then you literally pull the rest of it down and, you, you, and the belly button comes up for air uh, you know, in its normal spot. That's what a full tummy tuck is. It's a big operation. It's a big surgery.
0: And if you, if you need the full tummy tuck, it is a pretty big scar. Could you explain the scar?
1: Yes, the scar in a full tummy tuck is literally from hip to hip because that's how much skin and fat have to come out. Now, the full tummy tuck is for women. Often they've gained a lot of weight, you know, after they had their children or during pregnancy they may have had, you know, 50, 60, 70-pound weight gains. And then it's very tough for the abdomen to bounce back after that much of a weight gain during pregnancy. If the skin is hanging or if there's a lot of loose skin or if there's a lot of fat in the abdomen, those women tend to be candidates more for full tummy tucks than they do for the more minor tummy tucks.
0: So if you have this scar from hip to hip, can you still wear a bathing suit?
1: If you have a scar from hip to hip, you typically can wear a bathing suit, and many you know, women even wear bikinis. Now, probably not the little teeny-weeny string bikinis, <laughs> you know, a little bit larger bikini, because it is a long incision. But well, it's good
0: to know you can still wear a bikini, though, if you have that big of an incision, and it is a trade-off, because you have the hanging skin, and you'd rather have a scar, for sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a good trade-off for the right patient.
0: But, tell us about the belly button. Where does that go?
1: <laughs> well, the belly button is still the belly button. It's still the patient's same belly button if, in the full tummy tuck. But the skin gets pulled down, so the belly button kind of has to come up for air in a new spot. Do you have to cut it, though? Do you cut. You cut it out? around the belly button. You cut okay. around the belly button so that the, the patient's belly button stays. You know, it's still the patient's belly button.
0: But tell us about but, that scar, the little belly button scar.
1: Now, typically, if the surgeon is clever about it, it, it should be a very, very appealing sort of good-looking belly button, and there's a whole science that goes behind how to make a belly button. You wouldn't think of it, but, you know, there's all sorts of anchoring that's done and then liposuction around the area and removal of fat, so it's nicely contoured and it's hooded on the top, and then it's sort of depressed at, you know, 3, 6, and 9 o'clock. It should really look appealing, not too big, not too small. It should really look like an appealing belly button.
0: Again, another reason to go to a really, really good surgeon because it can be really unsightly if you choose the wrong doctor and they don't really know what they're doing or haven't done a lot of tummy
1: tucks. So, yeah, there's a lot involved in, you know, in a tummy tuck. Tummy tuck is a big surgery.
0: A really big surgery.
1: It's a really big surgery.
0: So tell us about the recoup- recuperation.
1: In all our patients who have the full tummy tuck or even the hybrid tummy tuck, which is the small incision but the full tightening... In all our patients, we insist that they go to an aftercare. And an aftercare is a place where there are nurses, and the nurses check blood pressure, and they make sure that the patient is safe. They can check the oxygen level, and they can call the doctor if there's a problem overnight. If a patient goes home after a tummy tuck, you know, if they have a problem, how would would you necessarily know?
0: And what can some of the problems be?
1: often people who have tummy tucks are a little bit older, who have a full tummy tuck. Mm -hmm. So someone who's in their 50s or their 60s who has a full tummy tuck, well, they're not 20. So their heart may be weaker. They may have underlying medical problems. There are big fluid shifts that can happen. People can have literally a heart attack, you know, after any big surgery.
0: So do doctors get um, echocardiograms or anything beforehand, or do you just tell them to please, you know, bring all the proof in, or how do you know pe- patients are that know if they have a heart problem?
1: Well, that's a, that's a good question. And every single patient that enters my practice, we, who's over 50 years old, and then also some people younger, if, if there are reasons in the medical history, but every person over 50 gets a stress test before having any anesthetic. And a stress test is basically a test that a cardiologist does to see if there's hidden damage to the heart. A cardiogram, people say, well, why do I have to get a stress test? I had a cardiogram. My cardiogram was normal. But the cardiogram only tells you if you've already had damage to your heart. It doesn't tell you if the heart's, you know, very, very weak and ready to have a problem. But if the person goes to a stress test and they stress their heart and there are no problems, then we feel much more comfortable giving them an anesthetic.
0: And a stress test is basically what? Is that the treadmill?
1: Yes. It's kind of a treadmill test. Someone gets on a treadmill, they walk or they run until their heart rate and their blood pressure reach a certain certain level. And then the cardiologist knows, you know, I put the person through the paces. I I put, you know, their heart through the paces and their heart did fine. So I'm reasonably certain that their heart is in good shape or at least good enough shape. And who do you go to to for
0: that? that? Your internist?
1: Every internist knows, a cardiologist, many internists do their own stress tests or they refer them to a cardiologist to do the stress test.
0: Do you have to be referred um, from another doctor to go to a cardiologist?
1: It depends on the patient's insurance plan. Many people who have HMO-type insurances need to be referred by their primary doctor. But most plastic surgeons have relationships built up with doctors who can do stress tests and with doctors who can do physical examinations because, you know, basically every patient who has surgery needs to be cleared by a doctor and get their stress test if they're over 50 years old.
0: Good advice. Now, let me ask you about the cost. How can women afford this?
1: You know, surgery is expensive. It is. And, the, and the costs of tummy tucks vary, You know, anywhere from 7,000 on up, you know, for a responsible surgeon doing the surgery. What's Uh, your oldest patient that you've done? The oldest patient I think we've ever done a tummy tuck on might have been in her 70s. And how
0: was her recovery?
1: Well, her recovery was very good. Of course, we got a stress test. And it's funny, when you see a lot of people in their 70s, there are some people who are very old in their 70s. I mean they may be seventy one but they really look old. They're not active, they're heavy set, they're they're kind of old already. And yet we have patients who are in their eighties who are very young. They exercise every day, they they can you know one lady we did a minor surgery on recently was eighty eight. We did a minor surgery on her, she did great. That's hilarious. She was talking circles around me. We talked politics, and she was talking circles around me.
0: That would be my nana. My that. nana will talk circles around you. She's
1: hilarious. There you go. And that kind of person is much younger. She, she walked every day many miles, and, and she was just very young for her age. So you know, every patient's a little bit different. And someone in their 60s even might be too old to have a tummy tuck. And what's and your best, best advice for years.
0: our listeners to stay young? What's your best advice for our listeners to stay young?
1: Two words, diet and exercise. If patients can watch their diet, watch what they eat, you know, avoid, we all know the bad foods, the fried foods, the fatty foods, excessive carbohydrates, you know, if they can watch their diet and if they can exercise. And
0: what's the worst thing in your refrigerator?
1: Worst thing in my refrigerator? Well, we have some low-fat cheese, and it's it's always calling to me. I walk by the refrigerator (laughs) and I hear it calling. That's pretty bad. It is bad.
0: No, low-fat cheese, that's actually probably pretty good compared to what's probably in my refrigerator but it would <laughs> be from me it would be my husband
1: <laughs> right?
0: so I'm, I'm pretty sure of it what other advice can you give somebody that wants a tummy tuck
1: um, the key things about about you know undergoing a tummy tuck are uh, number one make sure you choose your surgeon carefully you should be very very comfortable with the consultation um, the surgeon should take his time They should look at you carefully. They should do a good physical examination to check, you know, the areas of surgery. They should explain everything to you. What are the pros? What are the cons? They should be very frank. Um, They should be very realistic about the expectations that are going to come out of this procedure. And then, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting the right medical tests. If you're over 50 and the doctor is not ordering a stress test, you can say, gosh, don't you think I need a stress test or... You know, something to that effect. But if you don't think that your doctor is taking the right care of you preoperatively, if you have any doubt at all, don't do the surgery. You should feel very comfortable with your doctor. You should feel that you're being taken care of and that you're in good hands.
0: Do you think that it was too much surgery to have a breast lift and a tummy tuck and everything in one day, or or do you think that's normally Okay.
1: You know, I I think the details of of the the recent case will come out. And in general, um, all of our patients who get tummy tucks do go to an aftercare. I mean, we will not do the surgery unless patients are willing to go to an aftercare, period.
0: That's really good advice because you do want to be watched and you don't want to just have your friend watching you because they don't know what to look for.
1: You know, even if the patient doesn't have a problem, it's very disconcerting to be at home and to wonder, oh, my gosh, is this normal? Is this not normal? You know, what am I feeling? Is it what I forgot now? What medicines should I take? What should I not take? It's very disconcerting for a patient after a big surgery to be asking those questions and not to have a health professional around. So if for no other reason than just the comfort level of the patient, it's a good idea to go to an aftercare.
0: And how much do aftercare cost?
1: Aftercares can range anywhere from five hundred up to around a thousand dollars a night. So it's it's not cheap. But but it's good
0: insurance if you're spending insur- that much anyways on your body to just throw that in. You no,
1: know, typically people do this once in their lifetime. And it the decision as you know, proof is in the media. The decision is very, very important. It's much more important than what car you buy. It's probably as important as what house you buy you know definitely it's
0: your life you're, it's your you're putting life. your hands in a surgeon's
1: you it's know your life. your life
0: in a surgeon's hands
1: right and this is something that so you know i've i've i think of a patient who was coming to me from texas to consider having surgery and this patient believe it or not was a nurse it was a nurse and we told her okay here are the cost of the surgery and we need to go we need to have you go and get a stress test for your heart because you're over fifty years old. She said, You know, I'm not getting that stress test. I'm fine, I'm not getting that stress test. And ultimately she did not have surgery with me because she found a doctor who was willing to do her surgery without a stress test. And this was a nurse.
0: That's really scary.
1: That is scary.
0: When your doctor is telling you to do something, you should really do it. It's unbelievable it's for your own protection.
1: It's unbelievable. It's for your own protection but I guess nurses sometimes and doctors make the worst patients because they think they're above the law.
0: You know what? Glad you said that. I'm married to a doctor. I know that.
1: Right.
0: That <laughs> you guys really have to take your own advice. That's for sure. Absolutely. But, again, you know, I want to stress that that's worth the extra money, the aftercare and doing all the extra tests, Then you can go into your surgery and feel really good about it, and then you won't really be worried.
1: Yes. there all, all Problems can always occur with any surgery but we want to minimize them. Let's be as safe as possible. And if, that's, if one lesson comes from this terrible event that's been in the media, let that be the lesson. that Let's be careful with our patients. Let's be careful in choosing a doctor. It's a very important decision, and it's something that you probably do once in your life.
0: And you don't skimp
1: on that. You cannot Definitely skimp on don't safety.
0: skimp on that. So in closing, we only have a couple more minutes. What else do you want to say about it? I want to know um, about... A body lift tummy tuck. Is that something that goes all the way around and is that not considered a tummy tuck, so to speak, or is that a tummy tuck, scar in the front and a a cut in the back?
1: Well, there's a whole gradation of surgeries that, you know, happen even starting at the big tummy tuck and then going up for patients, especially who've lost a ton of weight. Now, if someone loses 150 pounds, let's say after gastric bypass, the skin is hanging everywhere and the surgery is customized to that patient's needs. So sometimes we'll do a tummy tuck, but then the flank area, the area to the side of the tummy, is sagging. So we actually have to extend that incision and take off that extra skin all the way around to the back. And that would be sort of an extended tummy tuck or a a tummy tuck with a flank plasty. There are different names for them. And sometimes if the whole side is sort of sagging down after massive weight loss, then the body lift procedures can come in. And that's where you literally take off a huge piece of skin and fat, you know, and then move everything up in the process. And those procedures are are becoming really popular now because there are all these patients who have had gastric bypass. And my hat's off to, to many of the celebrities who've been very open about their gastric bypass surgery because now many more people are realizing, you know, I don't have to live being, you know, way, way overweight. I don't have to live with that anymore there are surgical procedures that can be done to help it.
0: I know I want to do a show on that one as as well because there's so much to understand about lap band or gastric bypass. And then after everybody's lost so much weight, you can get a body lift, but that's completely different. Do you hospitalize them?
1: At least in an aftercare. And then sometimes you have to hospitalize patients for the really, really big procedures.
0: And that's they're, because they they're cutting off so much skin, it's more dangerous or...
1: Yes, the complication rates, of course, go up as the magnitude of the surgery goes up. So for big body lifts or huge, you know, massive weight loss patients, the complication rates get, you know, a lot higher than they would for a standard tummy tuck.
0: I'm so sad. We're running out of time. I'm going to have to have you back to talk more about body lifts. We'll, we'll have to have you part three for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate all everything. My pleasure. We'll have you back again.
1: All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. This is Terry Struck with Beauty Now. We're saying goodbye to Dr. Brent Mulliken. And if you want transcripts of today's show, please go to personallifemedia.com. And we can also link you to his website so that you can get a consultation. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.